my name is Paul Sion, real estate agent with HER Realtors, licensed in the state of Ohio and Kentucky. And with me today is Greg Matulionis, owner of Sawdust Therapy. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's glad to have you here. Uh, so just uh, why don't we get started with this, and why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your company. How long have you been doing this work for? I started my carpentry skills when I was a little kid. Okay. Uh, I worked with my dad. My dad was not a professional carpenter. Uh, he was in a research. Uh, I, since I could remember holding the hammer, uh, then it led to cutting board with a saw uh, through my high school and college years. I just enjoyed woodworking and restored a couple of homes. Okay. And then, uh, you know, I've been through your website a couple times and seen, uh, you know, you're pretty proud of the fact that you're a master carpenter. And once you tell us what a master carpenter is, how do you how do you become one, and what's what's the advantage of that? That's a good question. Uh, how do you be become a master carpenter? I think master master carpenter, by definition, is doing something consistently for twenty to twenty five years. Okay. And I think that's where it comes into you know I've been doing woodworking projects and working on homes since. Like I said, since I was a little kid, uh, it uh, you know just to set us problem-solving skills. Let's see. There's no training certifications or anything like that. It's just it's more of a you know you've been doing it for such such and such amount of time. Training certifications. You certainly get your licenses you know, for carpenters, for plumbers. Going through the educational process, the term master doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go through a formal education. Okay. As much as just you know, real life experience from you know, from day to day. Yeah, that's it's almost like a like a term of art we would call it. Certainly. Right. Right. Yeah. And then uh, let's talk about. Uh, I know you do a lot of uh, you know home improvements, and you do uh, you've done new new construction as well. Are you familiar with the uh, the permitting process and the home improvements? I mean, how important is that? How critical is that? The permit process is extremely important. I would, there, there are certain aspects, there are certain projects that don't require a permit. Uh, the permit process is two-sided. It protects the homeowner and it protects the contractor. You get a contractor that might be trying to take some shortcuts, which might look okay right now, but give it two years, give it five years, it might show up the problems. It, it's just a, a meter to be able to make sure that the work is being done so that it's going to last okay. and is safe. Okay. And whose responsibility is that normally to, to get the permits? Uh, sometimes I'll work with the homeowner and they can go get it themselves. Uh, most often I take care of getting the permit. Okay. With the permit comes the inspections. So you have electrical inspections, you have plumbing inspections. You know, if you're building a new home uh, or an addition, you'll have footer and foundation inspections. And you'll have a final inspection just to make sure everything is complete and okay. it's actually working. So with that, that's usually the city or the municipality, whoever's uh, giving the permits. They're the ones coming out and making the inspections. Yes. Okay. And building departments for various cities. Okay. Then let's talk about uh, current home features. I mean, are you familiar with what's what's popular now? What's what helps help sell homes now? What everybody's doing is is opening up their floor plan. Okay. Many calls I get, you know, are about trying to uh, open up the space between a family room and a kitchen and te tearing down a wall and, and making it more integrated family space. And that certainly is the trend. I think bathrooms and kitchens, you know, updating them has, has been a constant in, in the market. 
New construction seems to have slowed down. Yeah, I think there's financing. Uh, the financing has tightened up for new constructions. I think everybody's you know finding that they're happy with where they're at. They're going to stay put, so they're doing the restorations uh, and additions, small additions, and some fairly good size additions seem to be kind of a, in the trend as well. Yeah, yeah it's funny you mentioned uh, opening up a floor plan. I mean, that's you know originally contacted you again to. Uh, come out and look at our house and remodel our second floor and kind of open it up because it's uh, pretty tight looking. But it's, yeah, that's a good uh, open floor plans that they hear a lot, and my wife talks about that a lot too. Let's talk about uh, home remodeling. Let's say somebody, a homeowner wants to remodel, like, you know, myself, I called you up and, you know, want to figure out what to do. I mean, is there, should I talk to an architect first? Should I call you first? Uh, Should I just brainstorm the ideas myself? What what are the best ways to get uh, get an idea out there? Yeah, I do get calls a lot from homeowners that are wanting to start a project. And depending on the scale of the project, I'll work with them and help them make some decisions about you know, maybe rearranging the bathroom or rearranging the workflow in the kitchen. Uh, so, you know, if it's a major renovation, you know, it's going to require an architect. Okay. So, you know, I'll, I'll make some recommendations. You know, for the smaller projects, I just partner with the homeowner. I use my experience. Uh, there's plenty of resources online to find things that you like and to find, you know, space planning that you don't like. So, you, you know, you just avoid not making something that you're not happy with in the end. Uh, so, you know, working with architects, uh, interior designer once in a while. Yeah, so we wanted to, uh, you know, remodel, remodel the interior and, you know, get some ideas from you and the architect helps us out. Or you help us out. I mean, in terms of, uh, it's another question I'll come back to is uh, permits. I know a lot of exterior features, like you're adding a new deck or changing the deck, or you're adding an addition to the house, you need permits. What about for interior? Let's say I'm just cutting a couple holes in the walls in the first floor to open up the floor plan, as you mentioned. I mean, is that does that require a permitting process? No. If you think about it, it's like if you're going to do decorative things, tearing down some drywall, opening up a window, you know, access from one room to the other, as long as it's not a major structural component, okay. you can pretty much so do what you want. You don't need a permit to put a new bathroom floor in or new you know, new toilet or showers. You don't need a permit for tile work. So it's it's when you get into uh, putting a deck on the back of the house, for example, okay. where, you, where you have footers and concrete work that needs to be done properly, that you would have to file for a permit for that. And then the permit would also ensure that the job is getting completed uh, cities and counties don't want projects that aren't finished because it pulls down the whole neighborhood when you have a deck that's started and not finished or an addition that gets started and isn't finished. So it's, it's protecting the, the community that it's in. Okay. What about something like a, an attic remodel? Uh, currently the attic's unfinished, and would that require a permit? Again, it's, it's, that's going to be, it, it get, if you've got new electric that you're going to have to be running up there, then that's going to require a permit. Okay. Plumbing, if you're going to run new plumbing, uh, that's going to require a permit. But you're not going to need a permit to do drywall work and put some insulation up there. So it's going to kind of depend, you know, project dependent. So let's, we're talking about attic remodels, and, you know, that's even one thing we've considered for our own house. I mean, what, what can you tell us about that? Can you talk a little bit about, is it something easy to do? Is it, you know, what are the... What are the ups and downs, of, I guess, about uh, remodeling your attic? Ups and downs of remodeling an attic. I think people sometimes kind of forget about the amount of work that it's really going to take to get access to a space. If you've got your attic, if it's new construction and you've got you know, the ability to easily get your materials to the space, you know, 
there's certainly a lot less effort and a lot less risk. The risk being that I'm carrying materials through your home to get it to your attic. Yeah. I'm carrying it past your banister, up your carpet, and across your wood floors. And it just slows the process down. Yeah, that makes sense. So, And then if it's a lot of spaces, you know, maybe aren't set up right and they need modification. So, you, you know, you have to spend all this energy to just get it to where you want it to be so that you can start putting it back together. Like, you're trying to... You have spaces that need to be modified first. Yeah. You know, walls built, which if it was under new construction, it could have been done originally. So it ends up being just more expense Yeah, to get into a restoration process. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. There's a lot more, uh, you know, especially if you don't have the, like you're saying, the openings or got to cut some big portions of the wall ceilings out there to, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's like if I do tile work in a bathroom on a third floor, it, I have to have my saw outside because it's a wet saw. If it was maybe a new construction, I might be able to have saw closer. So you imagine running up and down the steps, yeah, you know, to cut all the tile. Same thing with plumbing. If all the walls are closed up below, you know, I've got to open those walls up and then put them back together. Yeah, yeah. So that adds the expense. Let's talk a little bit about uh, do-it-yourself home improvements. I know a lot of homeowners do have the skills, and there are those who don't. I mean, is there? I guess there's no really measure. You can't measure anybody else's skills, but I mean, what what do you think there? You know, is doable versus for a individual homeowner? I mean, a sim- some simple things like you know changing a light bulb. I mean, that's an easy thing, but framing work and stuff like that. Most of that work is you know usually requires a professional to cut the wall open to, to refit the uh, the door and stuff like that. Yeah, I, homeowners get themselves tied up. I think a lot in overcommitment. Everybody works. I should say most people work a full-time job, have kids, husband, wife, come home at the end of the day, and they think they're going to you know, grab hold of a project and renovate the basement. And with limited skill sets, while they might know how to use a skill saw, doesn't necessarily mean that they know how to build a wall. Mm-hmm. And all too often, I'll end up coming in and, and finishing up someone's project, and you know, quite honestly, I have to take half of it apart just because it wasn't done done correctly. Wonderful we can get into because a lot of these a lot of what you're asking me goes into the side of cons- the consulting that I do okay yeah let's let's talk about that and, and yeah I can come in and help you figure out what it is you need I have the experience as a contractor and I can bring that experience to the table and and guide you through step by step of what you need to do to do your project those tricks of the trade you know, tell you what to go rent. Yeah, so you bring you bring to the table basically, uh, you know, uh, years of uh, experience, and then you're you're going into somebody's house and either consulting, you know, them on how to do the work or giving a second opinion, basically, like you know, always get a second opinion on somebody else doing the work. Right. You know, you asked me about your attic project. Okay. You just don't know. So you know, I can come in, and if this is something that you want to accomplish by yourself. You know, you can engage me to be a consultant for you or a homeowner advocate, and I can come in and I can tell you kind of what the steps are. Okay. If, if you feel like you want to hire a, a, your own electrician, you know, I'm happy to, to help you review and help you understand what you're looking at. Estimate. Okay. So you can go get your two or three estimates. You know, there are resources out there to kind of look to see how a company is performing. You know, are they reliable? And... 
so you know, I can guide the homeowner through the steps to do it themselves. I can share with homeowner tips and tricks to getting the job done right. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to come in and do it for you in a consulting role. I'm going to help you get it done. And you know, there's a significant savings that comes with that when you don't have a professional come in and do that and work for you. But you know, the homeowner's going to have to understand that you know, are you willing to accept maybe work that is not as quality and well done because of lack of expertise. Yeah. There's a trade-off. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that's a, it's a pretty valuable service to offer to people. I mean, oftentimes, I mean, I've sat down and spoken with a home inspector before and they're, they're more kind of like, you know, let's look at the house. They, they do a new construction inspection as well, or let's look at the house and see what's, what's going wrong with it. And here you're, you're kind of, you can come during the process during the new new construction as well too, I presume, Mm -hmm. and, you know, give all the advice and the input, you know, X, Y, Z is missing, or we need to do, you know, ABC in order to, you know, to get what the the homeowner wants. You touched on, you know, homeowner buying a new home, you know, new to them, and they they call it for a whole house inspection. Yes. And the whole house inspection is an independent, non-biased party that comes in and reviews a home and identifies things that are out of order. Okay. And then when you read through that inspection, the very last line on each of those items that they're finding is say, you know, you, you may wish to have a professional provide you an estimate for this. So here you have a 27-page report, and you're not a contractor, you're not an electrician, you don't know what you're looking at, you, you don't know how much it's going to cost to yeah. fix all this. Yeah. And during the time frame of when you get an est- or when you get a, a whole house inspection report back. And the time that you need to make a decision on what you're going to do, put in an offer on a home, is pretty compressed. Yes. So what do you do? How do you know how much it's going to cost to fix all this stuff? I know that's actually a great perspective that, uh, you know, you're telling, you know, not only is you're kind of going beyond the home inspection, you're giving them an idea of, you know, this is, this is what your costs are going to be. This is how much time it might take and how much uh, damage it might cost. Yeah. So, you know. Where do you go to somebody says, the inspector says there's termite damage to the floor joists? Well, who are you going to call to find out how to fix that and how much it's going to cost? And you have, you know, 10 days to, to figure this out. So I, I go into people's homes and help them sort through this and give them some idea of what some expected costs can be and what some of the surprises that behind the walls that, you know, people might not think about. Like the inspector is going to just tell you what what they see yes so i'm going to give you a little bit of insight on to well here's what we see but my past experience is telling me when we open this up there's more damage there than you're actually seeing actually that's a that's probably pretty valuable service just to you know you get a better idea of costs and better idea of you know how much time is involved i mean a lot of people want a house that's ready you know, the instant they move in, they don't want to do too much work on it unless they're, they're getting some sort of deal out of it. Right. I had a, a customer who found me, had a pretty fair budget to do a renovation on a home that had, over the last 130 years, had five small additions that were, for the most part, just cobbled together. The home, it's a great little home. It needs new windows, it needs new doors, it needs significant foundation work, it needs a new roof, new gutters, new furnace. You know, they had a fair budget. My first question to them is, why do you want to put this kind of money into this house? You know, they love the house. 
So we went through the process of you know, due diligence with an architect, exploring new floor plans. Uh, I did extensive estimates to you know see how much all these new new changes were going to be. Mm-hmm. And as much as they didn't want to, because they felt that they, as much as they wanted to keep that house intact, they finally realized that it's just throwing good money at bad. Yeah. That, you know, so they canceled the project. They're going to live with things the way they are for a little while. And they're going to start talking to me about building a house. Okay. You know, so it's like, why spend a half a million dollars restoring a home that is pretty broken down when you can spend $700,000 and have a brand new house. Yeah, there's a lot uh, a lot of savings to be gained there depending on, uh, you know, what they want to get done. Let's talk about, uh, you mentioned new construction, new home. Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you've built uh, new homes before, correct? Uh-huh. What, what kind of time frames are people looking on a new construction? You know, let's say I, I'm the buyer, I bought the land, I come to you and, you know, Will they start talking? Are you going to refer me to an architect? Or if, you know, if I have a plan already, you know, we're going to build this home. What's the, what time frames are we looking at there? Realistic time frame from the very beginning of the process to moving in. As much as everybody wants to think it could be done in six months, it's realistic, I think, it's probably about a year. Okay. People are busy working. They can't get the decisions made because, you know, there's other priorities of taking care of kids and vacations. Uh, it also timing of season. Don't necessarily want to start digging a foundation, you know, in November, December, just because you end up in the winter months. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's difficult, time-consuming to work in. So, uh, the overall time frame is, I would say, twelve to eighteen months. Okay. So the process we already we discussed a little bit. I mentioned, uh, you know, an architect, and what what exactly does an architect do, and you know, you're not an architect, obviously, but, uh, you know, from your perspective, how do you interact with the architect and what, you know, in terms of, let's say they draw the plans together and what do you, what do you do from there? So I'm going to bring an architect into the project when there's an addition or a significant interior renovation. And what's neat about partnering with the architect in the very beginning of a project is the ability to help control the budget. Okay. Um, an architect will design whatever you ask them to design. And there comes the disadvantage for the homeowner because the homeowner doesn't necessarily know what the costs are. No disrespect to the architects, but there's also some issues with them maybe not knowing and realizing some of the costs that are going to be the bill. Yeah. Uh, So if I bring in an architect and the customer and the builder all at the same table, I'm kind of the string and they're kind of the balloon. Yeah. I kind of need both to work together. Yeah, that's true. So I kind of rein things back in so that the project that we end up building in the end or you know, designing in the end is, is within a targeted budget. Okay. Uh, all too often, a homeowner will come to me with a set of plans and you know I can pretty much so look at it and say, you know, wow, this is an expensive renovation. The homeowner doesn't have any idea of what it, is actually going to cost, and here's their dream plan yeah. for their home, and it's twice what they can afford. There's a lot of expense, a lot of energy, and a lot of emotion that you know, is wasted having to come through the whole process. Let's get it right the first time. Yeah, yeah, that is the home buying and selling is a very emotional process. So, 
could see the, uh, the issues that arise out of that. Just uh, let's briefly talk about, you know, contractors in general. I mean, it, you know, you, you're, I found you through Angie's List. I know a lot of contractors list through Angie's List. I've heard uh, horror stories from friends. You know, they, they pick somebody off Craigslist and suddenly the bill's rising, you know, in unanticipated work. I mean, do you have any tips or advice on how to, how to get the best contractor for you? Do your research, certainly uh, through the Internet. Uh, I think referrals, finding a contractor that has worked for a friend of yours, somebody that you know from your work, and you know, what has their experience been with that person? You know, it's the, the whole contractor thing is, you know, who can you trust? Yeah. Insurance, I'm assuming insurance, you're insured as well, and you know, you've probably got an umbrella policy. or Yeah, I carry liability insurance, and I certainly give that copy of that you know, on the bigger projects you know, to the homeowners, uh, which covers me and my, my subcontractors. Okay. Some of my subcontractors you know, have their own insurance policies. But for small general contractor, the insurance policy that I have covers the uninsured subcontractors. Okay. All right. That's that's all the questions I have uh, for you today, Greg. I appreciate you coming out. Did you have any final words you wanted to share? I just appreciate your time and thank you for having me out. And I look forward to answering any questions if you come up with anything in the future. Okay, great. Thank you.